ready to take a ride, grab your coffee, and strap yourself in. If you listen, I can hear God's plan. Because the show is about to begin. You're listening, you're listening to the Omega Man Radio Network. We got you. How you doing today, Brother John? Brother, I am blessed. And um, if I got another more, another blessing from heaven, I would be like totally overflowing. And uh, yeah, doing uh, doing good, brother. And it's evening there, right for you? Yes, sir. It is eleven eleven Eastern time here on oh, Wednesday my- night. And uh, are you on uh, are you on Eastern or Central there in Eastern or New York? Yeah, we're in yeah we're in Eastern. Uh, it doesn't go Central until Indiana. Okay, so we're about halfway plus, through. We're plus twelve hours ahead of East Coast time until the um, daylight savings kicks in. Then we we actually go to plus thirteen. Um, thank you for holding. We were running a little bit late, but you got full time now, brother John. Before we get started tonight, um, I want you to give us an update. Has the conference occurred yet, or is there still time? For people to get out to it. Uh, no, the conference occurred last weekend. Oh, it was extremely blessed, and um, God, uh, you know, I, I don't know how the Lord does it, but He always, <laughs> as I say, He always bests Himself with these conferences. We, brother, we just finished. Praise God, all glory and honor and praise to our glorious Triune God of Israel. And, of course, the Lord Jesus Christ, who's the head of the church, appointed by the Father. And, um, uh, brother, just phenomenal and uh, so good. Our, our, our Sadly, number 80, I mean, uh, happily 86, but sadly our last conference for 2023, we had, praise God, three this year. You know, the, wow. the COVID hoax kind of, kind of messed things up. Uh, I think we uh, missed out on three, four conferences uh, because of it. Um, however, this was 86, so brother, it's a milestone, you know. I think we're in our 20, 28th year, but uh, brother, That's exciting. I, I'm just, I was amazed at uh, who showed up and you know, just uh, how um, how much freedom and uh, you can just sense the Holy Spirit's presence and uh, because of freedom in people's lives, you know, when demons leave, the Holy Spirit's able to get more of that space within our souls and bodies. And uh, so we, uh, you know, we're just so grateful for uh, those who made the time, who uh, made the effort and uh, and the expenses in coming and uh, appreciated the speakers and just um, a real blessing. Thank you for asking. But it is past. Yep. It just And by the way, we normally have it uh, the third weekend of the month. We had to move it up because of the uh, NFL schedule. The uh, out-of-town Bills, Buffalo Bills, uh, made it possible or made it so that we had to have it the weekend of the 8th, the third weekend, which is we kind of like it a little bit more near the end of the month, uh, was was booked with, um, you know, the NFL schedule uh, in town. And we found... We found over the years that when uh, the NFL schedules in town, there are uh, very few hotel spaces left, if any. So uh, we need hotels for people who do come, and uh, that's why we had to have it during an off, out-of-town weekend for the uh, NFL uh, schedule. 
Well, congratulations. Over 28 years uh, doing these conferences, brother. That is amazing. And let me ask you something, Brother John. For those that were not able to participate in the uh, meeting, this uh, workshop, do you burn copies where people can order a copy if they'd like to? uh, Or is it going to be on YouTube? How can people get some of this great teaching and deliverance? And do you also record the mass deliverance portion? I meant to ask you that too. Yeah, thank you, brother, for bringing uh, those aspects up. We do, um, uh, for the messages and the mass deliverance, on Saturday night, we do broadcast it on, uh, on, on Facebook. And so they were broadcast the messages Friday night, uh, Saturday afternoon, uh, two of them on Saturday afternoon. They were broadcast. Mine on Sunday again broadcast. And, of course, the uh, all-important group deliverance, mass deliverance on Saturday night. Um, Facebook, for some reason, brother, you probably found this out. You're out there in the marketplace of, uh, you know, these places. Uh, they only keep, they they used to retain the broadcasts for, you know, an indefinite amount of time. Right. Now, apparently, they're only retaining for 30 days. So you can still pick up the conferences if you want to listen to them on Facebook. Uh, Put my name in, Pastor John Gogan, G-O-G-U-E-N, or and or uh, Agape Bible Fellowship, East Aurora, Agape Bible Church, East Aurora, New York, and you can listen to them. If you want a hard copy, uh, and by the way, I'm going to mention this because uh, Hagowish has also uh, decided that no more CDs, DVDs being burnt really? uh, for Pastor Worley's messages. Okay. Instead, uh, you can uh, get it by way of a digital copy or uh, I don't think everything of his is on YouTube yet, but a number of them, several of his messages from years ago are on YouTube. Pastor Win Worley, whom I knew personally and uh, who mentored me and uh, before he passed in 93, uh, 30 years ago this December. And um, we, however, have them uh, in hard copy DVD. Uh, I don't know about all of them. We have most of his messages. We carry all of his all of the books and booklets. But you can get them through agapebiblebr.com, Pastor Warden Worley's DVDs and CDs. So if you want a hard copy uh, of either one, either this past workshop uh, or our previous workshops, you're welcome to uh, call the church office, 716-655-5008. Talk to Sister Kathy. She will let you know what's available. And, of course, if you want a hard I like hard copies. I mean, I appreciate digital, appreciate, uh, you know, the, the current stuff, but I like copies I can get my hands on in case the internet ever goes down for a season in case something happens I like books and I will tell you you're speaking you're listening rather to a host Shannon Davis who also is a bibliophile who loves books oh, yeah. I like hard copy books so by all means if you'd like to order uh, call the church office at that number uh, you can also go to agapebiblebr.com that's our book room and order through there but um, yes thank you for for asking that only 30 days available for the for staying on Facebook though if you want to listen to it online for free folks if you dropped me and brother John off down at back when they used to have I guess the Borders and Walden bookstore and 
Uh, you can leave us there and just come back in the evening. Leave us there all day. We'll, we'll stay busy. And uh, I remember fondly uh, summer vacation. And, you know, what, what do kids do? Uh, Mom would drop me and my brother off at the, the library. And we would hang out there all day. And, uh, you know, it was like uh, it was better than Toys R Us. And then as we're leaving, we would dumpster dive and pull books that were, they were throwing out of the, uh, the the library into the dumpster and take home some real treasures. I love books, brother. <laughs> and I've got like uh, 30 years worth to read. I'm so backlogged. Um, my goodness, I love books. And, you know, I love the fact I, I know where I can get that information if I need to. As long as i got a copy of it, it's there. Knowledge is power. And uh, no better thing you can do than read the Word of God and books on deliverance ministry because you're going to need these skills in the time that we're going into War on the Saints is coming should the Lord tarry we're going to have to fight some devils maybe even release from the pit over there in Revelation 9-1-1 and uh, well praise God um, Brother John also one more thing before we, we get going what about YouTube uh, you mentioned Facebook are you streaming on YouTube YouTube? Excuse me. We are not, brother. We are not as of yet. But that is my okay. goal this year to to do that. And I'm, I'm probably going to need uh, need your assistance on that. Would like, yeah, would like to stream on YouTube. Problem with that, of course, is they kick you off. You say something, any anything that's uh, you know non worthy of uh, well, basically, if you're telling the truth, well, and uh, yes. Toto. So yeah, if you talk about um, COVID. Or election fraud, uh, you probably suffer the same fate I did, which was lose seven channels. However, if you can steer clear of those, you're good to go. But irregardless of YouTube, whether you can keep it alive or not, you ought to try it. And uh, you can use a piece of software called StreamYard, and it will let you stream up to eight different platforms simultaneously. So while you're doing Facebook, you can hit uh, StreamYard too. You can get Twitter. Uh, one more thing. I just um, rediscovered this again. Mike Adams, the health ranger. Uh, he's very well known on the Patriot channels. He's got his own platform called Brighteon. And I produced uh, three videos with the late Al Cuppet uh, dealing with New World Order and, you know, uh, last days issues. Well, they got banned on YouTube. They kicked, you know, they deleted them and also on Vimeo. But you know what? I was saying, where can I put these things up? And they'll, they'll remain. And then I remembered Brighteon. And so I've embraced Brighteon once again, and you can upload anything there, and it's safe. And also, of course, Rumble. I'm sure you've heard of Rumble. Rumble? Yes. Um, yep. It's good as gold. So what you might consider doing is if you got the, uh, the copy of the video from the conferences, and you want to, if you wanted to upload them to some channels to be safe, then look at Brighteon and Rumble. But uh, as you mentioned, people can get a digital copy too. Yeah, someone mentioned the other day they had went into a church and uh, church isn't giving out CDs or DVDs or cassette tapes. Uh, they're giving out USB sticks. And I thought, that's interesting. I mean, we've had those around a long time, but that's what they're giving sermons on, on little USB drives. <laughs> so, interesting. I, you, you can probably get a good deal if you buy them in bulk. Um, anyway. Okay. Uh, with that being said, we'll get rolling. Brother John, you want to open us in prayer, and the mic is yours. Thank you, brother. Let's do that exactly right now, and uh, let's go to God in prayer. Father, we come to you in and through the Lord Jesus Christ, and in the power 
of the Holy Spirit. And we thank you that we can approach your throne by faith right now because of your grace, because of your mercy, and because of your favor. And we are grateful to you eternally because of everything you've provided for us, and particularly in your Son, Jesus Christ. And Lord Jesus, we thank you for what you've done, what you are doing, what you're going to do for us. You are in, right now, your second most important, next to securing our salvation at Calvary, your second most important ministry, and that is intercession. Without your intercession, we are sitting ducks in the water, naked, exposed, and vulnerable. And we thank you that you pray for us. Being omniscient, Lord, you're, you know exactly what the enemy is doing, what the ambush, ambushes are, are being, and how they're being planned and what they are. And we just want to say thank you for watching out for us because you are so amazing, so awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for being our Savior, our Deliverer, our Healer, our Redeemer, our soon-coming King. And we look forward to that time, a moment in time, the rapture or our death, whatever comes first, where we will see you face-to-face, the one that we've been serving all these years, or a couple years, depending on when you got saved, or, or a few years, but we thank you uh, from the bottoms of our hearts for this broadcast that we can um, learn, that we can glean, and that we can together in unity talk about what so many aren't talking about. Your, this is your full gospel, your full good news of salvation, deliverance, and healing. And we love the complementary aspect of the spiritual gifts of the Holy Spirit, all of them, pure, untainted. And we, um, again, offer up this broadcast to you. We thank you for Brother Shannon. Continue to bless his wonderful family. Uh, Bless the OMR family. And we pray that you will uh, help us because we need Holy Spirit of God we need your illuminating ministry in our lives as Jesus said we can't even get saved without you you're like the wind blowing where you want to blow and we uh, understand being the third person of the triune Godhead that your ministry as God the Holy Spirit is ever-present within us. And we thank you for convicting us. We thank you for for that work in our lives that makes us more like Jesus, which the Father has predestinated us to become. And we cover us, we cover our families, our church families, we cover uh, everyone and all the equipment with the all-powerful blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. We bind uh, the demon of Boise, 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 and any other spirits that work in order to kill electronics, in order to negatively impact electronics 
and our being able to hear and see and understand. Lord God, we bind the strong man over Indonesia. We bind the strong man over the United States of America, every country represented by the listeners. And we loose in Yeshua's authority more than sufficient numbers of holy angels to battle for us, to battle for our countries against those who are trying to destroy us in the second heavens, first heavens, on the earth, under the earth, and within people. And again, thank you in advance for that wonderful authority, Luke 10, 19, Matthew 16, 19, 18, 18 authority to bind and loose, to effect change by being on the offense, not just on the defense. We promise to give heaven the glory to lift up the Lord Jesus Christ, God the Son, and the very Son of God. And um, we pray these things, we petition these things in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ and all God's people said together, Amen, Amen, and Amen. Amen. Thank you. Once again, for listening, I appreciate you. I know Brother Shannon appreciates you. And um, we praise God for your life. And we praise God for everything that you're doing to help keep us going. And I want to encourage you. I normally do this at the end, but I think I'll do it at the beginning. To encourage you to uh, fund Omega Man Radio and give to Omega Man Radio, OMR. And if you're blessed by something that has been said already in the many, many weeks this year of the broadcasts, uh, help us out. Help keep these lights on in this tiny lighthouse of salvation, deliverance, and healing. Help us keep going. I still say nothing's free. You say, well, Pastor John, I thought my salvation was free. Well, it didn't cost you anything, but it cost the Son of God his life. And it cost God the Father to have to watch and see what his son went through in bench-pressing the sins of the world. You know, too often we don't remember that. We don't think of that. But I want to remind you that Jesus never sinned. The Lord Jesus Christ never sinned. Imagine, never. We can't say that, people, because we are sinners by nature. We do sin. We sin even as Christians, as hard as that is to say. We sin as believers. And that's why we have the wonderful promise of 1 John 1 9. That if we confess our sins, if we, and by the way, the word confession there is not, oh, I've sinned, Lord, forgive me for all my sins. No, 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 no. The verb in the original language is homo. We get the word homo from that, which means same. 
same. And then we get logeo, which means to speak. Logeo. Homologeo. If we, so put it together, if we say the same thing about our sin as God says about it. And that means we have to be specific. And again, it's always with a view toward fellowship with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. We're supposed to be fellowshipping with both persons of the triune Godhead, by the way. 1 John 1 clarifies that. And that our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. Not with Jesus and not just with the Father. But with both persons of the triune Godhead. Both. Not just one or the other. It's both end. And, John adds, and our fellowship is with one another. Because... When you're not fellowshipping with God or the persons of the Godhead, something's wrong with you. You're either living in known sin and you don't, that you don't want to give up. You're out of fellowship, out of sorts with God. And so you stop fellowshipping with each other, right? And our fellowship is with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son cleanses us from all sin. That's why James says what? James 5, confess your sins one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Some of us are not being healed. We will never be healed. Why? Because we are not praying with one another, for one another, and we're not confessing our sins to one another. Now, don't misunderstand. We're not talking about confessing our sins and not to God. No, no, God is first. Every sin we do as God's children offends God's holiness and screams for God's divine discipline. Spanking. You can understand that on the physical level with parents. Surely you can understand it on the spiritual level with God, with the Father, and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And that's why they always impact each other. You could say, put it this way, the vertical impacts the horizontal, and the horizontal impacts the vertical. John also says in 1 John that you can't say you love God and hate your your brother and sister in the Lord, or your brother and sister outside of the Lord, if they're not, if your siblings aren't saved. We cannot hate people and say we love God, John says. They're both inextricably tied together. When you hate one, it impacts your love for, for the other. As I said, you hate on the vertical, on the horizontal level, it impacts the vertical. You hate God, it impacts others, other human beings as well, and as well as yourself. We should. One of our goals in the Christian life is to have a balanced love for self. Notice I said balanced. But we are sinners by nature. And thank God that he sent the Lord Jesus Christ. Who what? What does the text say? Who knew no sin? 
In fact, let's turn there. 2 Corinthians 5.21. Let's run over there in the Word. Open your Bibles. Get your sword of the Spirit out. 2 Corinthians 5.21. And let's read the text. And read what the Holy Spirit through Paul wants to tell us. Some of you have never heard this. Others of you have heard it before, so it's you're being you're hearing. Another time. And then another time. You know, Paul says, I bring these things to your remembrance. Yeah, we need to be reminded. Let's back it up to verse 20. Therefore, this is the word of God. We are ambassadors for Christ. Do you consider yourself like the United States has ambassadors we send out all over the world to different countries and that they represent the United States in formal ceremonies or recognitions or uh, in um, meetings regarding what is going on in the life of that country and its relationship with the United States. We are also ambassadors for heaven, for the Lord Jesus Christ, for heaven's interests, for the kingdom of heaven's interests. Do you see yourself as an ambassador for Christ? You should, because you are one. If you belong to Him, if you excuse me, if you are a genuine, born again Christian, we are representatives for Christ. As though, verse twenty, this is the word of God. As though God, and usually when Paul means God, he means the Father. When he says Lord, it's usually uh, Jesus. It's usually the Son. As though God the Father were making an appeal through us. That is, Paul's talking on his behalf, between him and his companions there. We beg you, on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Another text says what? That God the Father was in Christ, reconciling, making, turning from enemy into friend, reconciling us to God. In fact, God the Father, in general, the text says, was reconciling the world of unsaved people to himself. That's why Jesus was sent, so that he could make it possible for that reconciliation to happen, of that making into a friend a former enemy. And verse 21, he made him who's he and who's him. He is the Father, made him, Christ, the Son, who what? Underline that. Who knew no sin. Who knew no sin. We all can't say that. In fact, all of us can say we are personally acquainted. We knew and know sin, sadly. We are well acquainted with sin from way back when we were infants. That sin of selfishness and the demons that go with it from the bloodlines 
of selfishness, self-centeredness, of the self-life, reared their ugly heads within us. Oftentimes, that's why we cried, because we weren't getting attention. And how dare you not pay attention to me? You know, if you only knew how vulnerable you were. But thank God, he's put it in mom's hearts and dad's hearts to, to love and in spite of, because they, they factor in that we're just little infants. But infants, babies, are selfish. And as Derek Prince points, one of the message, messages I listened to this year or several months ago, that, that they know how to manipulate, they know how to witchcraft, they know how to control, they know how to dominate. Or witchcraft slash control through domination. And in this case, as I was referencing, through crying. Now, sometimes the child's in pain, but and it's a legitimate cry. Sometimes they just want their own way. It's built into us people. We're never taught how to sin. It's built in. It comes easy. But here God made Christ, who knew no sin, to be sin, and really the sense also is to be the sin offering on our behalf. We think that Jesus was around 33 plus years old. 33 and a half, somewhere around there. By the time he got to Calvary. Imagine not knowing what sin felt like. To suddenly having to bench press the weight of every human being's sin, as I put it, from Adam to Zeke. People that alone must have helped kill Jesus, kill Yeshua. He who knew no sin to become sin for us. Let me give an example by way of personal feeling of what it's like. Just a tinge of what it's like. Have you ever been blamed for something you didn't do? I remember listening to a Christian apologist who talked about when uh, he was in seminary and uh, he sat next to a student who was standing asking a question and who fell straight out down to the floor because his chair was pulled out from underneath him while he was standing as a prank. The only problem was it was not him. It was the person on the other side of the prank victim. He ended up getting blamed for it, even though he had nothing to do with it. Can you imagine what that felt like for him? Uh, We can even empathize because we've experienced it, some of us, being blamed for something you didn't do. 
being blamed for something that you had no part in. But you were a victim of circumstance. Or you were a victim of association. You know, guilt by association. What's it like to be blamed falsely? And remember, at the cross, Jesus was being mocked and ridiculed. If you were really the Son of God, God would come down and rescue you. If you were really the Son of God, you wouldn't be experiencing this in God's sovereignty. And people, ladies and gentlemen, it's exactly, he was precisely smack dab in the center of his Father's will. So he was in the will of God. He was where he should have been as an obedient son. And then, you know, we're told in Hebrews, he learned obedience through suffering. As man, the Lord Jesus learned obedience through suffering. But I want to zero in on doing something, but not being guilty about it. He didn't do it. And then then extrapolate, go from there to what does it feel like to sin and you've never sinned before? And worse, you've got all the sins of every human being on you. All the pride, all the hate, all the murders of humanity. All. Every sin. And here you're being considered guilty even though you aren't and you're being punished for the guilt. And I tell you, there's only one thing worse than that. Yeah, fasten your seatbelt. What's worse than that is Jesus for the first time in his existence felt in his existence, felt God's wrath, his heavenly father's absence. Remember, they've been together forever throughout all eternity, past. And even when he was on earth, he had tremendously sweet fellowship. Wow. To go from that 180 degrees opposite to feeling complete isolation. Let me tell you, the word, listen, listen up, please. The worst thing about hell is that God runs hell. The worst thing about hell is that there is no presence or feeling of anything about God. It's just dark, gloom, total depression, hopelessness. Everywhere you look, no exit signs, no escalators, no elevators, no stairs, nothing. And knowing you're there forever because you died in your sins and it's too late. And Hades is just 
just like it, Luke 16. The rich man and Lazarus. Lazarus in paradise, heaven-like, till Jesus came and rescued those Old Testament saints in paradise and brought it to heaven. The third heaven. Or Hades. And Revelation, the end of the book, Hades is dumped into the lake of fire. People, that's hell. That is hell. No one's in hell yet. They're in Hades. If they died as children of the devil, or as 1 John 5 says, they died in Satan. That's what John says. He says, I brought this truth out during the workshop this past weekend. That the whole unsaved world, unregenerate world, the world system run by the devil, the whole, John says the world lies in the wicked one. It doesn't say the lap of. You have a good translation, it's italicized, the lap of, because it's not in the, in the original language. Lies in the evil one. Every unsaved person, religious or otherwise, is in the evil one. We who are truly born again, and I hope that's you, are in Christ. Only two. That's it. But here Jesus is suffering. He's suffering for us. Having never felt God the Father's separation from him. And suddenly, it's there. Theologians say God turned, had to turn his back on Jesus because he, he chocked full of sin. And Jesus palpably, fully felt God's wrath, hatred, and anger. Never felt that before. And this is why he cried from Calvary out loud to the Father in Aramaic, form of Arabic, by the way, old, old language, in Aramaic. One of the, in fact, the last, the final sayings of the seven sayings from the cross of Jesus by Jesus. Lama, Lama. My God, my God. Sabachthani. Why have you rejected me, abandoned me? I think some of the translators say forsaken me. Yeah, it's stronger. Why have you abandoned me? He couldn't take it. And he was fulfilling messianic prophecy from the Psalms. God had to abandon him. That's what separated us from God. Why he couldn't get close to us. Our sin. Sin always separates us from God. 
God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He knew why. But in fulfillment of prophecy, he cries out to the Father in absolutely excruciatingly mental pain, emotional pain, physical pain. I think only in heaven will be in eternity will we be able to begin to understand and comprehend what it took for Jesus, for the Father to reckon through Christ, through Jesus, to reconcile us, us to himself. He made him, verse 21, who knew no sin. Wow. People, that wasn't said of anybody. Other than Adam's beginning and Eve's beginning, they didn't know sin yet. But ever since they began to know sin personally, we've all known sin ever since. Thousands and thousands and thousands, millions and even some some speculate, speculate billions of human beings. We all have, are personally acquainted with sin. Only Jesus never did. And he maintained it. That's why Paul says later in Corinthians he's, uh, uh, that he was the second Adam. The first Adam was of the earth earthy. The second Adam was the Lord from heaven. He was our second Adam who unscrewed everything the first Adam screwed up. That's the way I put it. Look at Here's the result so that we, you and I, might become the righteousness of God the Father in him. And righteousness, by the way, is a word that it just means in right standing before God. In right standing before God. That we may may be put in a in a position, in a shall we say standing position with a right standing before God. That the Father imputed Christ's righteousness into our heavenly bank accounts. And let's say you got a church, you got a check, cashier's check from the bank with unlimited funds. And that deposit went in as unlimited funds. How many know that God is unlimited in righteousness? God is unlimited in so many wonderful, blessed areas. We, on the other hand, are limited, at least in these lives. Sin has entangled us. Proverbs said the cords of sin entangle us. He had a picture. Every sin is like a is like a cord. It's like a strong piece. Seconds. Strong piece of rope. Disregard that warning. Keep on going. You got all the time you want. The cords of sin. Yeah, you get it. Most people walking down the street, if you're looking in the spirit realm, they're just huge balls of 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 cords. Surprised they're not rolling down the street because they're so they're just cords of sin. 
And when the cords of sin are there, they're also around your legs. So you can't walk correctly. You can't function correctly. And that's why Jesus came. We have a great song I recorded years ago entitled, Jesus Came to Set the Captives Free. And every time I hear it, I sing it, I cry. Jesus came to set us captives free. But Pastor John, I don't believe in deliverance ministry. How can you seriously be a student of the Bible and know God's word and just say that I am I don't want freedom. I don't want freedom. No. I don't want it. I don't care why Jesus came. His freeing me is not important to me. Do you really know him? Do you really know him? Jesus said what? So again, next to Matthew 18, one of the scariest verses in in the Gospels, at least to me. For many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not performed miracles? Have we not cast out demons? In your name. You remember that verse? And notice he says many. Many will say to me, not just a handful. Have we not prophesied? Well, let's go. In fact, let's go to it. Matthew 7, 22. Matthew 722, part of the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Matthew 720. People, this, this, this is amazing truth. And he just let's back it up to verse 21. And this is the word of God. Jesus says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Brother Shannon, who enters the kingdom of heaven, according to Jesus, in verse 21? He says, uh, but those who do the will of my Father. Yeah! Only those who do, notice it's do, not just think about doing, or contemplate doing, but who end up doing the will of my Father who is in heaven. And by the way, it's a great commentary or apologetic against United Pentecostals who say that the only throne in heaven right now is that of Jesus. He's in heaven ruling and reigning and that's it. People, that's a total lie. In fact, I say that if you believe that, you're, you're spiritually lost and dead in your sins because that's not the Jesus of the Bible. 
Amen. Jesus clears it. Jesus clears it up right here. Look! Look what he did. You see it? Holy Spirit, open our eyes. But he who does the will of my Father, who is in heaven. So where's the Father? God, the Father's in heaven. Where was Jesus? He was on earth. So they can't be the same persons, people. They're the same being, God, essence, but they're not the same person. That's why you can say God, he. Why? You're talking about the, the being, God. Or more specifically, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. That's right. But those who who are heretics and say that Jesus, you know, they teach one, one and by the way, oneness theology appeared in the early church 150 AD and it appeared it was taught in Rome can anything good come out of Rome spiritually the city of the seven hills what yeah and the early church thank God you know cast it down so to speak they do not know totally. the word of God brother John uh if they did, what are they going to do with verses like Proverbs 30, verse 4? If I might yeah. read this. Who hath ascended up into heaven or descended? Who hath gathered the wind in his fist? Who hath bound the waters in a garment? Who hath established all the ends of the earth? What is his name? And what is his son's name? If thou canst tell. Amen. Uh, God is the title. Three individuals, they're all God. God the Father. Yehovah, God the Son, Jesus Christ, or in Hebrew, Yeshua HaMashiach, and the Holy Ghost, the Ruach HaKodesh. Amen. Jesus said, Our Father which art in heaven. He wasn't praying to himself. He was praying to the Father. Yep. Even in the, you know, the last, uh, at the, when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. Mm. Lord, but not my will, thy will be done. He was praying to his Father. This oneness, it's all Jesus. They don't know the word of God. The Lord said to my Lord, sit on my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. What are we going to do with John 3.16, the most important verse? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. How could Jesus be uh, be his own father? He's the son of God. God sent not his son the world to condemn the world, but through him the world might be saved. You know, I had a um, a man one time uh, describe it like this, and it was really fascinating. He said, uh, look at water. It comes in three forms, solid, liquid, and gas. Three forms, it's all water. I kind of like that analogy. But these are three different beings. And um, they have names, and they want us to know their names. You know, the Elohim uh, describes uh, not one person, but the Godhead. And I praise God that I know his name finally. Thanks to uh, Dr. Nehemia Gordon and Michael Rood and some others, been researching it for 20 years, they found not one Brother John, but thousands of Masoretic Hebrew scrolls, thousands of them, where the scribe didn't blot out the name and just put the tetragrammaton. And, you know, people have made educated guesses how to spell it, but 
with the Masoretic Hebrew, we actually know how to spell it and how to pronounce it. And, uh, you know, if you're a native Hebrew, you wouldn't need that. You would, you know, just natively know that. You were raised that way. But for those that are not, we need to know how to spell it and how to pronounce it. And they've got it. And, of course, the King James had it right all the time. It just spells it with a J instead of a Y. You know, not a big deal. Jehovah. But then they weren't consistent with it. In my beloved King James Bible, they just went back to capital L-O-R-D. Um, they should have just been consistent with it. Every time you're going to say L-O-R-D, it should be Yehovah, Yehovah, Jehovah. And Jesus Christ is his son. Jesus is his name and Christ is his title. Yeshua HaMashiach. And he can answer to his name in Hebrew and English or Spanish, whatever you want to speak to. God is big enough to understand all languages. I just threw that in there because, you know, that is, um, that's heretical teaching. And I don't know, is T.D. Jakes, is he a Jesus only? Don't quote me on that. I don't want to throw him under the bus if that's not true, but I thought... He was at one time, according to him, but then he, he repented of it. Okay. I, I don't listen to him, so I can't affirm that, but okay. I did hear that he did renounce uh, Jesus, uh, oneness theology. Yeah. Well, then we forgive him, and he did right to do that. Uh, but there are uh, many out there, and there's many, um, you know, false teachings in these last days, and, you know, God's asking us right there. He's challenging us. Do you know his name and his son's name? If you can tell. And there's been, you know, so much confusion. you got people out there, Brother John, uh, they're afraid to say the name of God. And so what they'll do is they'll put G underscore D. Have you seen that nonsense? I mean, come on. God wanted us to know his name. He told Moses his name when Moses inquired of him. Who shall I say sent me? And you know, God wants us to know his name. He just said, don't use it in vain. That's all. Good grief. And I will tell you, this really gets me fired up here, brother. Because I came to Indonesia and my mind was blown. Did you know that there's a growing Christian church in Indonesia? The largest Muslim population in the world. They've got about 300 million people here. Most are Muslims, but not all. And did you know that the Christian church is praying to the Muslim God, Allah? And I have to agree with the Muslims. Allah has no son. Ask any Muslim, does Allah have a son? They will tell you correctly, no, he doesn't. And that's the God they worship who has a symbol, the crescent moon. And that's correct because Allah is not the God of the Bible, Yehovah, who has a son named Jesus Christ. And if you're worshiping a God who has no son, you're not worshiping the God of the Bible. And I tried to point this out to a pastor here, a Christian pastor. Sweet brother. I donated a camera to him, Brother John, to help them out. And you know, he was over here with a group of people, a fellowship in the house. I said, brother, I got a question for you. Why every Christian Bible, they call them the Alkitab in Indonesia, why do they all have Allah? You're praying to the Muslim God. Don't you know that? I pinned him down. He said, you're correct. I said, well, then what do you continue to do it for? You might as well pray to Lucifer. People say, well, God knows my heart. So you think praying to another God, why don't you pray to Molech? You think God is going to cut you some slack on that? BS. I'm sorry for getting angry. Brother John, here's the deal. They told me the Indonesian Bible Society decades ago 
was trying to figure out what are they going to do when it comes to translating the name of God into Indonesian. And there was a Muslim on the board, and they said, well, all Muslims know that Allah is God. Basically, let's not ruffle any feathers, rock the boat, so we'll put that in there. What a trick of Satan. He's got the Christian church praying to the Muslim God. And over in Malaysia, Brother John, there was a Christian believer who was importing Bibles with the name of God as Allah. The Muslim clerics about 10 years ago got very angry, and rightfully so. They said, you're you're trying to proselytize Muslims. That's not your God. And they sued him in court and got a a ban uh, instituted on import of Bibles, but the Christian appealed it, Brother John, and won the appeal. So once again, he was able to bring in these Alkitab, it means the book, in Malay, where the name of God is Allah, who has no son. That's a fact. The late uh, Dr. Uh, Richard Morey wrote a book about it. It was one of 365 uh, gods that the Bedouins worshipped, and they venerated it. Now, Muslim community is in an uproar over in Malaysia. Why are you Christians praying to our God? That's not your God. Brother John, that's one time i got to agree with the Muslims. And where does this play into your message today? I'm going to throw it back to you. Because it's important when you're discussing what you're discussing here. Because if we don't get this thing right, you have exactly what is going on in an Indonesia country. Hundreds of thousands, maybe. Tens of thousands, minimum, praying to a moon god who has no son. So folks, you tell me if it's important or not to know who our God is and to be able to delineate Yahovah from Allah or Buddha or Hare Krishna or Satan, whatever, and know that he has a son and know his son's name. I praise God, Brother John, that I can answer the question in Proverbs 30, verse 4. Dear God, it's sad, brother. I can't find a Bible right now very easily to give to my own family who speak Bahasa where they don't have Allah in there. There is one Christian missionary who's working on it, and he's translating from the King James Bible into Bahasa, got the whole Old Testament done, just waiting for him to release it. And uh, I try to stay in touch with him. He's got some of the New Testament done. I said, what are you going to do? He said, I'm going to get into the book chains over there. He knows the pain I feel. And uh, who's talking about this in the church? It's so backwards, Brother John. People say, well, Allah means God in Arabic. No, that's the proper name of their God who has no son. But if we want to be correct, we need to start going to Wikipedia and put Yahovah is the God of the Bible. It means God. Yes, it does. L-O-R-D was sloppy. It could also be interchanged with Baal. So my bucket list, Brother John, my final statement here, my micro-sermon, before I punch out of this planet, if God will enable me to do it, I'm taking God's word in English, the King James Bible, that's about the only Bible left, Brother John, that has not been compromised and taken back into Babylon, even the new King James, the third edition, I think it is, uh, the Catholic Church got in there and infiltrated it, and they're not using the Textus Receptus anymore. The majority texts are using that critical text, and that stuff from Horton Westcott, who were occultists, and they're using the Vaticanus, 
which came out of the bowels of the Vatican. And only a couple decades ago, you were able to get a printed copy. They wouldn't release it. And that's the basis of the new King James. I will only use a King James. And God willing, Brother John, I'm going to take a King James Bible. And I'm going to go in there. And every place they got capital L-O-R-D, I'm going to go in there and put Yehovah. Because we've got about 10,000 to 20,000 Hebrew scrolls that got it intact. I'm just saying. I'm very vocal about this. and uh, But you know, God's name is important to me. And I get angry when the devil tries to get us to pray to a Muslim God or some other God and say all roads lead to God. B.S. There's deception in the church or deception in the land and the devil came in and almost bushwhacked us, Brother John. King James is about the last man standing. There's a few older translations, but in terms of modern translations that have not been corrupted. And I will stick with it to my dying breath, but I am going to make that change. I'm putting God's name back in there. Actually, some guy beat me to it, but uh, I'm, I'm not going to trust his work. I'm going to do it myself. For myself. Anybody else wants a copy? Just saying. I'm not trying to be arrogant, but uh, even my beloved King James has not done his name justice. They've only got the right name in about three places. Brother, I apologize. I didn't mean to break off on a micro-sermon, but you did not know what I have to endure over here. When my son's in the car, and he's singing a Sunday school song, and I heard that name. He was singing to Allah. I said, Jeremiah, what did you just say? Allah. And I freaked out. And I told my wife, I said, you will not take him back to that church. And I told this pastor, if you do not begin to preach in the name of the God of the Bible. If you want to call him the Lord, that's fine. They use Tuhan over here. But you keep preaching in the name of Allah, I'll take my family out of your church. And you know what? He was preaching in Allah the very next week. He knew I was right, but he's compromised. And others that I talk to, they think I'm nuts. Or they don't think it's any big deal. Because they've been told that Allah is the God of the Bible. B.S. Back to you, my friend. Amen, brother. And this is this, you know, and really, if you think about it, it's blasphemy. Exactly. The this is Freemasonry, where they where they have the saying of uh, Yabul on. If you're familiar, Yah, of course, is uh, Yahweh, and uh, Bul is Baal, Baal, and then on is one of the Egyptian uh, uh, deities. So they're equating an Egyptian deity, Canaanite deity, with Yahweh. What? You can't do that in Freemasonry and get away with it before God. How in the world can people do it in Bible translations that are Islamic Bibles, in Geals, New Testament, Old and New Testament, and then expect God to look the other way? What? Ultimately, Allah is Satan. That's right. So we are talking some major, major, major important truth here. So in any event, I wanted to uh But you go don't hear over. talking about it in America. Yeah. Why is that, Brother yeah. John? Nobody seems to care. And they don't care about the babies being aborted. And just about every major TV program out there that's got a big war chest under the belt and could be speaking about the topics that matter are in compromise. I have a Catholic priest 
Uh, he's under charges by the Vatican. They want to defrock him because he's coming out and calling the Pope what he is, a homosexual man, and that the Catholic Church is under attack. And this guy speaks more truth than 99% of your evangelicals out there. I give him that. He's not lukewarm, Brother John, and I'm going to send this to you to blow your mind. It's so deep. And you're like, wow. Uh, even Catholics are waking up and realize there's compromise in the church. And we got lesbians being ordained in the church, Brother John. I know you came up in the Baptist faith. You know, the major Baptist, uh, what was it, the convention they had, they had to throw some people out of there. Because they're trying to compromise even the Baptist church and put lesbians up there in the pulpit and ordain them as pastors. Back to you, my friend. I'm sorry, I broke off on a tangent again. So... <laughs> So, brother, so true. I want to put out one more thing before I leave the program. Matthew seven twenty two. After Yeshua says, "Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven." But he, he, but but the one who will is the one who does. Actually, does consistently. It's present tense. Does it continually? The will of my Father, who, and by the way, my Father is in heaven right now. <laughs> That's what he says there. And verse 22, one more thing I want to point out. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? I mean, this, these are important things in the ministry of the Lord Jesus. Do I believe there's legitimate prophecy out there? Yeah, of course. That is what is truly of the Holy Spirit with a genuine gift of the Holy Spirit of prophecy. No problem. I'm with you. And notice after prophecy, the second thing that's mentioned as a proof of being involved in the interests, in the agenda, in the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ, who did perfectly the will of the Father. So if he and the Father, in my name, in this case, in your name, cast out demons. So deliverance is that important that it's listed, Jesus lists it as right on the top that you're proof that you're his. Except in this case, he's saying, you say you do that, but you don't really do it. I think that's the inference. I think he was looking right at Judas. Because Judas was not born again. And what's the third one? Perform many miracles. So all these are miracles. Whether it's prophetic, whether it's a deliverance miracle. I tell people, everyone out is one less in. These are miracles. Mark chapter 9, reference that. No man can do a miracle in my name. It's right in the middle of deliverance ministry that the disciples are saying this other group is doing. But they're not a registered part of us. Jesus said they don't have to be. As long as they're doing these miracles in my name, they're part of us, spiritually. And in your name perform many miracles. And I will declare to them, I never knew you. I never knew, personally acquainted with you. We never met. You just took on the, this religious form and they're not even real. Number one. Number two, I never personally knew you. That's salvation. That's eternal life. John 17, 3, Jesus prays to the Father. That's the real Lord's Prayer, by the way, where he says, 
defining eternal life, that they, all human beings, may know you, the only true God, know, have a personal relationship, and me, Jesus Christ, personal relationship, know me, whom you sent. That's how you achieve eternal life. That's how you receive eternal life. And sadly, Jesus says, you never had the real disease. I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. People ask, those, those have got to be some of the most intensely terrifying words to hear from the Lord Jesus Christ. I never knew you. Reference John 8, you died in your sins, it's too late. Man, those t- t- talk about terror striking you when you know you're lost spiritually. Never let it happen to you. Know them and be serious in your walk with him. Proof that you know him. Some words of injunction, some words of encouragement, some words of comfort, some words of challenge for us This evening, if you're in Indonesia, this day, if you're in uh, somewhere in the United States or where it's uh, still light out. Brother Shannon, thank you again for having me on. As I said, I praise God for the wonderful workshop we had. And sorry if you missed it. Our next one is in March, so stay tuned. You can hear me every Sunday, except this Sunday. I'll be in New England. This Sunday will be out of pocket. You can listen to an older former message on Facebook, and uh, you can hear the entire service, in fact. Well, most of it. But otherwise, I'm on at noon, Eastern Standard Time. Sundays, the Lord's Day. Listen in, glean what you can. And the order of service is normally, or service, yeah, service. Just a normal service. Praise, worship, prayer. I usually... Uh, Led by the Holy Spirit, counsel people, talk to people from the pulpit, if you will, give them some good uh, godly counsel and uh, check into the Word of God, some good teachings. And then we praise, and then we have testimonies, and then we um, take a break. We turn off during then, 15, 20-minute break. We're in service for four hours, one service on Sunday. And then we come back to hear the Word of God, and then after the Word of God, we have uh, demon screaming, <laughs> uh, knock down, drag out, uh, except I, I, I usually will do a, uh, uh, at least in the past two, you know, couple of three years, I'm doing a small group deliverance, a, we call a mass deliverance, basically a group deliverance. Everybody gets a, gets a chance to get some help. And you're welcome to be a part. Of course, we're here. I tell people at the workshops, we're here 49 weeks a year. They, we don't have workshops, even if you make all three workshops, and many don't, sadly. But we're here, and we'd be delighted to pray with you, free of charge. We don't charge anything. We love people in the Lord. I don't charge anything for my pastoral counseling. And uh, we're here, serving heaven. We've been here for... Well, 34 years now, 
this, this December, I, I begin my 35th year pastoring Agape Bible. What a privilege. What an honor. Challenge? You bet. When you're fighting the, the enemy at this level consistently every week, every year, for many, many years. In fact, I figured uh, I've been on it, in it longer full-time than Pastor Worley was at Hegewish. And that is only by God's grace. Trust me. Brother Shannon, what a privilege to be on. Oh, if you want to give, you can go to our website, agapebible.net. On the left side column, you'll see contributions, and just feel free to give there through PayPal. Or you can call the church office if you're kind of gun-shy of website giving. Sister Kathy will be glad to take uh, give you some instructions in terms of uh, how you can be a part of this ministry in setting the captives free. Again, Brother Shannon, God bless you. Love you in the Lord, and uh, we will see you in God's perfect timing. Great word tonight, my friend. What shall we title this for the archive? Brother, uh, biblical instruction. Awesome. I love it. Brother John, we love you. Thank you for coming on today, my friend. Great word. God bless you. Thank you, my brother. Bye-bye. Folks, that was Pastor John Gogan. We're going to save this and be back in just a moment. Then coming up at the top of the hour, I'm going to have Armanac Talk Mesian. I'm going to give you right after this song some exciting updates on Miracle Valley, the auction. And if you have not seen the archive, I did announce that I was doing an exploratory survey on that property and whether we should go after placing a bid. I'm going to give you the update on that and more, which is very exciting. Stick around if you'd like to. We'll be right back. I'm going to say this and reset. 